Hello and welcome to the Confidential Podcast, where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisondi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences that will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me once again, and welcome back to Divorce Confidential. My guest today, you are going to love her. She is amazing, and with the most amazing name I've ever heard. Her name is Kaife, and I hope I don't botch it because it's so unique and so nice. Kaife, please forgive me and always correct me if I'm wrong. That's perfect. Perfect. (laughs) As you can hear from her amazing accent, she is from the UK, lives in the UK, And Kaife got married back in 2008 and divorced thereafter in 2017. She's got three kids and now lives, and I love how she said this, she lives navigating life as a solo mom. That's such an amazing way to look at it. And she is actually very eager to share stories and be part of the community to make this journey a little smoother. She works in childcare, in a daycare in particular, and... Best of all, she's a fellow podcaster. Welcome, Kaife. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I actually wanted to discuss a few things about divorce and touch on a few um, topics in particular, uh, perhaps the emotional impact of, of your divorce and how it affected you, maybe some of the legal considerations that you had to navigate uh, co-parenting since you have children together, much like I do as a divorced woman, uh, dating. Uh, which was probably one of the most difficult things for me, Uh, rebuilding your life, especially as a single mom, and the financial impact and anything else you would like to share. Mm -hmm. So I would like to maybe start off with what exactly stands out the most to you about your divorce? So I'd say because of the way that my husband and I um, met and got together, and became married us breaking up was never something that I saw coming I didn't expect that we'd ever break up because we had such similar values and beliefs um so we met in a church setting um before the church I'd had boyfriends and stuff so it wasn't that I was new to dating or being in a relationship but the way we did it was not the way that societally you do it um ordinarily um we dated and had no sort of physical contact our first kiss was on our wedding day we wow. you know chose to live a life that was very conscious and um without having any of that physical side just because we wanted to focus on you know our relationship um with god and our relationship with each with um each other um without that kind of distraction i suppose and when i look back now I'm like, that's a lot of faith to have that you're going to be compatible with somebody. 
<laughs> yes, I, I was going to actually say the same thing, especially and, and it's actually commendable. And I applaud you for, you know, <laughs> trying to get into a relationship with someone, especially someone that you would share your entire life with. Mm -hmm. But what's most uh, admirable is the fact that you guys wanted to perhaps maybe get to know each other outside of the physical aspect, because yeah. most people rush to that, which is mm -hmm. what more or less leads to the demise of a lot of relationships mm. but you two wanted to like you said concentrate on your relationship with each other and your relationship with god and get to know mm -hmm. each other before you go into that realm and i think that's amazing so it's it's equally a shock to me that you ended up divorced yeah i think because of the fact that we um so we did meet in the church and we had these values so this church was quite um strict with sort of um just social things that you did as well so we didn't have a tv we didn't drink alcohol we spent a lot of time with the church um community mm -hmm. um so when it came to a point that we decided we wanted to leave and felt that that was you know what you know god wanted for us and for our future us leaving meant that we didn't have a structure anymore we didn't have those constraints we didn't have um, you know regulations or rules to kind of live by so we had to work that out for ourselves once we left right. and had the structures and and even the community side because when we left they sort of said you know now that you've left you can't really talk to people here anymore and you have to kind of just oh, wow. yeah have your own so I think that was like and we knew that would kind of happen because we'd seen it happen to other people in the past so we were kind of aware that if we go, we're probably going to end up having to just re, you know, re having to reset our lives and, and yeah. so yeah. Uh, would you mind like... sharing which which I guess church in particular is is it one known to most? It's um, it's they've got a lot of churches. Um, I'd rather not say just because yeah. for me it's it's such it's a, it's a thing of my past, and we had right. a great time there while we were there. And this is kind of their thing as well. If you go away and then start talking about them, they use it as a way to kind of that you're, you know, speaking badly about them. And I have nothing right. bad to say about them. I had a great experience. Um, but just, yeah, le in leaving, that that part there kind of left us just on our own and having to sort of figure out how we were going to be a couple outside of, like I say, these rules and regulations that we'd learnt to exist in. Um, and so for my ex-husband, I feel like he had a lot of things in his story that had led him to church, like in desperation to get solace and to feel safe and to have healing and to have a place. Whereas for me, I didn't have things that I was sort of running from. So, right. so he kind of had things that he was running from, came to the church and was able to navigate, um, was able to sort of exist within that environment because he had the constraints. So when we left, I still believed a lot of the things that we shouldn't do, you know, like excessive drinking or um, smoking, things like that. But he quite quickly fell back into those patterns. And so for me, it was difficult to except that my husband was now doing things that we hadn't agreed to before we, when we were dating and now we weren't in agreement. It felt like we weren't in agreement when we left. Right. I think that that what was uh, shocking to me is that the 
the church, especially as a representative of God, mm. would ban you, for lack mm. of a better term, from speaking to the other community members yeah. um, in the sense of, so you were in more or less, or in other terms, you were ousted and mm -hmm. banned from interaction. And I think that from what you're saying, and from what I'm understanding is that once the structure of how the church was telling you to um, sort of behave, for yeah. lack of a better term, you guys did not have that anchor or that structure to follow. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and like you said, it kind of led him to seek back the refuge of what he was using before to cope. Yeah, definitely so. And, and, and you know, there was, I, I felt like, we had to have discussions because it was a new it was new to us so we had to have the discussions and kind of decide what we did want to do as a family and as a couple well we hadn't, didn't have children then but as a couple what did we want to do what what things were okay now for us because we were free to choose you know however we wanted to live our lives and um we did agree but then over time it began to yeah become more of a decline and more about him doing things that i didn't really agree with um and it led to a lot of frustration um, and a lot of, we became really disconnected in, yeah. in that respect. Mm. I, I bet. And and it's, it's um, so the question that kind of arises in my mind is, so you had that structure. And then once you guys um, obviously left the church, you, mm -hmm. it was up to you guys to develop your own structure to follow mm -hmm. as a couple and the way mm -hmm. that you're going to share your life and live as husband and wife. And, mm. and was it more difficult to sort of stick to the structure that you had developed for yourselves than it was to have stuck to the structure of the church? Because the, the church had, had particular rules and I'm sure mm. there were probably consequences if you stepped outside yeah. those rules. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it was just the two of you, the consequences perhaps did not seem to be as dire. So the, the fear factor was not as high yeah but there were certain things like you're not allowed to go to the cinema and you're not allowed to have a tv that's quite like we're gonna get a tv as soon as we left that was the first thing we did we went, and got, <laughs> we went and got a television because it was like well it doesn't make any that doesn't negate my relationship with god it doesn't negate or, or compromise my relationship with my husband like it just didn't make any sense so that was like that's fine but it was more it was things like um drinking alcohol i think was quite a big one or smoking um it just felt like and even going out to party so I like to go out and in that time when we were at the church I didn't ever go to a party or anything like that we went to social events but there was never any partying mm -hmm. and so even that for him with me going out we had to kind of strike a balance about what he was comfortable with his wife being out and dressing a certain way and you know those sorts of things as well so um I felt like I respected his opinion more than he respected mine. And so right. that's why we had problems because I felt like he was going more, I felt like I had to maintain certain standards all the time because I didn't want him to slip into, you know, any sort of old habits that he had, you know? Um, so I just, I always felt responsible and I always felt like I have to maintain at least some of these standards because it seems like if he's allowed to, he'll just decline. And, and that was, that was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that um, difficulty in communication can be mm. probably one of the most 
the biggest, if not the biggest, mm-hmm. uh, major contributor to the breakdown of a relationship. Yeah. And was that the was that the case for you guys? I don't know if it's communication because I'm a very open person. I'm very clear with my communication, what I need and what I want. I think it was his comprehension and how seriously oh. like I meant things. Like, honestly, if you don't stop this behaviour, I don't really have the respect for you now because I can't watch you drinking yourself into, not oblivion, but he'd drink quite a lot in the evenings. And it's like I was still living a very moderate life in that way. Um, so when I explained to him, you know, I don't, I don't like you, your, t- your um, temperament, for example, when you drink um, quite a lot, I don't like that it impacts you the next day going to work. Sometimes he wouldn't go to work because he's drunk quite a lot. Oh. And it's, it, you know, that sort of thing. It was like, I'm going to lose respect. And that's going to mean that, yes, I didn't believe in divorce when we first got married and, you know, when we set out or didn't intend to get divorced, but I had to kind of look at it realistically because if we don't have the same values and I'm not being heard with the things that are important to me, then how can, how can this work? At this point, did you regret leaving the church? Um, I didn't regret leaving because we needed to, but even when we did leave, I said to him, who am I going to be able to talk to when you're not doing what needs to be done? Because I used to be able to go to the pastor and say, look, you know, can you speak right. to him? Because we have, we have them. So he, um, his family unit wasn't very, um, it wasn't close to his family and stuff. So I could never go to like his mom or dad and say, oh, can you speak to him? Or can you, you know, reason with him or help him to understand from my perspective? There was never any mediator. So when we left and there was a couple of other couples that we left with as well. Um, other than that, I, I was like, I don't know who I'm going to be able to speak to to sort of help you to see or to give you some wisdom or insight into why what I'm saying isn't just an attack on you it's to help us both so yeah I didn't regret leaving no not I didn't regret oh that's that's actually fantastic and how did he feel about it did he feel like oh I'm kind of slipping maybe we should go back to the church because it was something that was keeping me so on the straight and narrow and I was able to really be on the proper trajectory to put my back my life back together no he didn't see it like that because because outwardly you know you've got a wife you've got children well, or child or children mm-hmm. um you've got a job for him the bigger things were that that there's not a problem there because you maintain all that sort of thing but to me is the it's the everyday it's the minute things it's the way your relationship works every day it's a dance you do together it's how you you flow together it's when I speak to you about my dreams, you encourage that rather than say, rather than feel in, um, feel that my ambition is an attack on you. He found that sort of thing quite, I don't know, quite challenging. I think he found he found how it was because he always say to me, you know, stop dreaming and stop stop acting like we're gonna get to, I don't know, like like a really successful place. Like for me, I was very ambitious, very driven, very. Yes. Um, yeah. And he just never seemed to support that. I think he always felt like he used to say to me, actually, um, you think you're a man, like you think you're, you think you're the leader. You think you, and I'm like, 
no, it's not that I'm the leader. I just, I've got dreams for us as a family and I want us to do well. So I don't know if maybe leaving the church made him feel that he didn't have a position. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Wow. That's, that's actually very interesting because mm. clearly um, he felt uncomfortable with you being the one that would achieve success that perhaps he felt that should have been his as the breadwinner because typically in very traditional male, female roles, husband and wife, especially coming from church mm-hmm. where the man is the breadwinner, the man mm-hmm. is the head of the household. Mm-hmm. The man is the one who's obviously the one who's uh, the financial, I guess, yes. the provider mm-hmm. uh, was probably difficult for him to accept that you were stepping into that role or even you were on the path to be yeah. in that role, yeah. seeing that you were sort of blossoming with your dreams and aspirations yeah. Mm. and ambitions and that probably felt him made made him feel threatened mm. um but so how long was it because while you were speaking it actually made me uh think about this how long after you two got married did you leave the church um so we got married in 2000 so you got married in 2007 and then afterwards you you eventually got divorced in 2017 but how long did you two as a couple as a married couple I should say stay within the church it was about three years oh wow that's a substantial time yeah just a two two so we met in the church yeah it was about two three years and then we left because we wanted to have children and so we started to look at the church structure and it was like very restrictive actually to have a baby like people that had children would bring their children to the church sessions like every evening and stuff it was like I don't want to bring my baby here every day or you know I just felt like it was they expected a lot of you and a lot of the women would like have their baby and then be back in church the week after and I was like oh wow oh I just feel like I don't want to do that I feel like I'm going to need a break (laughs) once I have a baby and I feel like our family life is probably going to be a priority as opposed to the the function of the church and so yeah exactly and I'm sure that <laughs> innately you probably felt that you could develop and nourish your relationship with God uh from you know within your own home you don't need to necessarily yeah. physically leave your home to go into another structure mm-hmm. into another building mm-hmm. to sort of connect to the divine or to connect to God and yeah. that you needed a third party to broker your relationship mm-hmm. with God. You could have done that all by yourself. But the reason why I asked about the, the length of time is because I was just wondering whether you would have had enough time as a couple to be able to really integrate and um, sort of make the structure of the church your own, that you could have just sort of leave the church now and be able to continue working within that structure. Mm-hmm. Whereas like as men and women and husband and wife especially as adults mm-hmm. you guys could con- have that continuity to be able to keep going with it uh rather than depend on the church yes. itself to sort of dictate it you know uh-huh. on a daily basis weekly basis monthly basis mm-hmm. whatever the structure was for you two to be able to interact as husband and wife and yeah. it seems that that was the case because even after that length of time, uh, once you left the constraints of the of the church, you were no longer able to have that continuity. No, not in a lot of not in a lot of the ways that I feel were quite important. Like I say, the TV stuff or not 
it, it was it was um, a case of excess and a case of balance. There just didn't seem to be any with him. And we did search for other churches, but because it was such a it's quite a unique style of church, it it was difficult to find a place where we, we found as a home really in in right. in, in the church sense. Um, but we tried and and again like when we were having marriage issues finding counseling as well somebody to speak to us both you know because I wasn't perfect and you know we both had things that we needed to kind of unpack and talk through but we didn't have anybody really that we could turn to I suppose for wisdom and for guidance and how I think about that's- parents how about family on either side so his family like I said weren't really present in his life generally anyway um so we couldn't really go to them um for my family we live quite far away so when I moved when I came to university I moved about an hour and a half away from where my family is so we've been when I came to church it was in the city that I live and where I met my husband so my family are not close logistically um but I think because they had some issues around us getting married within the church the way that we did. Right. It felt like it was hard to then tell them we were having problems or say, you know, to my mom, for example, that things were not going well. It felt difficult to say that because it was almost like I told you so. Do you feel like the church would have been able to provide any guidance or to provide any kind of support to get you guys back on track? Had you stayed? So the church's kind of mantra was very much, we just don't believe in divorce. Mm -hmm. So no matter what's happening in your household, if it's domestic violence or if it's really quite serious things, everything kind of gets minimized and you kind of have to just, you may be punished within the church, as in um, if you're doing some sort of leadership role, then you have to step away from that leadership role. So everybody in the church would know something's happened within your marriage, but they don't say what it is. And then you kind of, it could, so it could range from anything like domestic violence to adultery to anything. It could be absolutely any. So um, when my husband went to the cinema as an act of rebellion, in inverted commas, I had to sit down from my role that I was doing in the church as a, like, I don't know, punishment, I guess. For, for, that sounds to- insane. <laughs> my God, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's just because I would have thought, and of course, I'm sure you will agree because you obviously you work in a daycare. So you take mm-hmm. care of kids. And I've said this, I remember when I had my own kids mm-hmm. and of course, it became so evident at that point. I had already gotten married. Um, actually, I should mention, as an act of rebellion, I had my first child outside the constraints okay. of marriage. Okay. And I wanted to do it that way because I did not feel like I had to bow down to societal uh, protocols, processes, mm. rules, regulations, or any such thing. So I said, no, like I want to have the baby first. And I did mm. that. Um, but I think that it's important to say that Uh, We all wish, especially as parents, that our children come with some sort of a manual so that we know exactly Mm -hmm. what we should do when a certain situation arises. 
and no such manual exists because mm-hmm. each individual is such a unique, like biochemically unique. And also from an emotional standpoint, everybody's unique from a mental standpoint, everybody's unique. We perceive life, nature, uh, marriage, our relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. We perceive that through our own lens. And I think our background and then I'm going to get a point because I'm thinking of your ex-husband. Um, our background really influences how we look at life now. And if you come from a troubled background mm-hmm. and I'll, and and for full disclosure, I came out of a, my parents, my father in particular was extremely abusive. Mm-hmm. So my parents were, had a very tumultuous, really horrible marriage. So mm-hmm. I did not have um, an example exemplary marriage to look to to say well I want to emulate that and I want to Mm -hmm. be able to have that and so when you view marriage through such a negative lens much Mm -hmm. like I did it's difficult to sort of anchor yourself in it and I'm wondering if that that was the case with with your ex-husband because not having that anchor to keep you sort of stable and stabilized Mm -hmm. within the marriage um, and you, on on the other hand, not having a manual on how to deal with mm-hmm. marriage to say, mm-hmm. oh, okay, when your husband does this, you should do this. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Whereas up until that point, the church was kind of guiding yeah. you and telling you. So yeah. you felt like that externalized help was there and yeah. if trouble arose. You should just go there and they will give you the solution. So there was yeah. sort of a, you did not have to do much thinking. You did not yeah. have to do much brainstorming to sort of create solutions for yourself yeah. within your own marriage. So it, it's difficult to sort of traverse those uh, terrains. At least that's how it felt for me because I, I realized much mm-hmm. too late. At first I thought of, you know, oh my God, it'd be so great if I had a manual for the kids. Especially mm-hmm. when I saw the difference in their personalities yeah. and in the way they express themselves. And that's still the case today. Mm-hmm. And only after the kids, I was like, Oh, actually, it'd be so awesome if I had a manual for the marriage itself. Yeah. <laughs> because you go in it not knowing what's sort of coming your way, and you yeah. have to sort of forge that path for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you were married, and then you left the church. Uh, just mm-hmm. to summarize it, and then mm-hmm. you saw that you kind of, you guys kind of got off the rails, for lack of a better term, and you then who what was the catalyst of your divorce your husband started drinking was it you that sought the divorce or was it him yeah it was me um he became very insecure about things as well because obviously the the relationship changed the dynamic changed I felt like the respect for my opinions wasn't there so then I couldn't kind of reciprocate respect for him so then we just lost we just lost any sort of I feel like compatibility or compromise, even there was nothing we weren't able to kind of meet in the middle with things. And so because I kind of pulled away, he became very um, suspicious and quite insecure about things and, you know, accusing me of things I wasn't doing. Um, And yeah, that, that for me was where it was like, you know, I can't really continue in this because I was starting to feel and genuinely it was this feeling of not having anything to live for. I had my oh, wow. two two children, but I felt like this isn't life. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to live this life. This isn't, you know, and even looking at them and thinking, you see the, that they don't have their mom around or 
a step away, even though I don't believe in divorce, because that felt like it was holding, I felt entrenched with that. I felt like that was holding me so tight. That principle, just we don't believe in divorce, just that be all and end all. If I do get divorced, then what's on the other side of that? What, what, what judgment is there for me? My own when I got married and when I started dating him and got married the way we did, there's people from my past who were just like, I can't believe you started going to church. Like, I can't believe you, you know, committed to someone in that way. And you've got married in this way because no, I didn't see it coming myself even, you know, but I just, that's what I felt was the right thing for me to do at the time. Um, so to, to do that in such a, a way that I felt proud of myself, I felt proud of my choice. I felt proud of the way that we'd done it to dismantle that felt, it felt like I was betraying myself. It felt like I was, I was, oh, wow. yeah, like I was undoing what I felt like was a great thing that I'd done. I felt like I was just, I, I was just, yeah, to undo that. It didn't even feel like an option for a long time. And then when, I, when I was really having these thoughts and comparisons of whether my children would be better off without a mom or they'd be better off with their mom, but in a home where it's just their mom and they see their dad, you know, they, they have two homes. It, the, the balance, it did, it was, it was, um, what's the word? It, it was incomparable. There's no way that they, my children would be better off in that unhappy relationship or me feeling that I didn't have anything to live for than it would be for me to be on my own. And so that was just the logic behind it. I, I need to just be on my own so I can have my peace and so that their dad can have his peace. His mental health can be in a good place and he can do the best for them rather than them being in a home that's so unhappy and so angry all the time, you know, because we're both frustrated. And I, when I get frus really frustrated, or I feel like there's nothing really left. I just get really quiet. So, you know, he was very vocal about things, very loud. And I was like, well, I'm done arguing now because it's over really, you know, my heart and, we're kind of we're finished now so it took a few years to get to that point where he kind of accepted things but I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think and I see so much of myself in the story you're telling mm. because I I sort of fall in the same kind of category I was uh, also driven and ambitious and I uh, I just didn't I felt constricted I guess mm. to a certain degree in my marriage that I wasn't able to grow and spread my mm. wings mm. Um, but more so uh, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked that I would have thought that you would feel liberated especially being this um, incredibly driven and ambitious woman mm. that you'd feel liberated to be sort of uh, leaving the the structures of the church behind to say, okay, good. Now I can actually go on my own and create the life that I want to create for myself rather than have somebody sort of dictate to me. Mm. And, and yet you felt like you were betraying yourself. Mm. So this mm. was something that was so deeply entrenched in you that you felt like you were doing something wrong Yeah, and, and never mind against the church, but against yourself. Like mm. you were sort of yeah. directing this towards yourself more than anything mm. and then you came obviously to a fork in the road where you had to sort of decide as to whether you were what you were going to do for yourself and for your kids and what would have been the best case scenario for everybody involved um, mm -hmm. and of course when you come to the point where you sort of lose your will to live mm -hmm. the life that you have I think uh, it's commendable that you took the step that you took to be able to 
sort of make the best out of the situation that you are faced with. Mm. Um, and I think it's important for, for the audience to know that because, mm. of course, um, it's not an easy path. And uh, I think more important, what you said about the fact that it took a few years, that really stuck with me. Because I think that a lot of people believe that divorce just kind of falls out of the sky on your head one day mm. and it's all... Um, you know, roses and uh, very rosy kind of life up until mm, that day, yeah. when in fact, the breakdown of a marriage happens, it gets eroded yeah. over time, much like disease happens. It's not yeah. out of the blue. If you look mm -hmm. at the history, it's been happening for quite some time, and it just kind of expresses or manifests in that moment. Um, and I think that's basically what you just articulated about your divorce that you yeah. you came. So over the time, over the years that you guys and you had two children together. Mm -hmm. um, so what what was the, you, you talked a little bit about the emotional way that it impacted you in the sense that you lost your live to live. Mm -hmm. Were you also thinking about him? Like, oh my God, how's he going? Is he going to be okay? Are the kids going to be okay with him? Especially when you spoke about the fact that, you know, his mental health was going to be affected. Um, do you mean in respect of, of separating and him having yeah, looking after exactly. the children? For, for him being able to be on his own and be able to now, because from what you described, he had started drinking. So he mm -hmm. already did not have a good hold of, you know, getting his life back on track, mm -hmm. much less be able to be a responsible father to mm -hmm. the children that you two had together. Mm -hmm. um, no, because you know what? I've always said that he is a great dad and that he loves his children. Um, and that they really are his reason, you know, his reason for getting up, for being the person that he tries to be. And he was just a terrible husband to me. So yeah, I didn't know. I didn't have any concerns. It's just that we had to kind of draw the line between our part of the connection, but still have some sort of connection because of the boys and because of the fact that we'd have to co-parent. Um the co-parenting journey has been difficult. It's been very, um, very difficult, I'd say. Um, just from the start, because of the fact that I was the one as well to initiate, you know, wanting to have a divorce and to separate and asking him to move out. Um, he found somewhere quite quickly to live with his friend and he's lived there since. Um, and he has the boys regularly, but it just felt like in the beginning he used to change things a lot or cancel things or change his job so that I had to kind of cancel things and not be able to be sure of kind of where I was at. Um, it always felt like I was the childcare provider and we kind of slotted around his routines. Mm -hmm. So if he was working, for example, he'd say, well, I can't pick them up that day anymore. It's like, but you need to pay for childcare for them then because that's your day to have them, you know, because you've changed your routine, you need to still do what you need to do. But yeah, it's taken a long time to kind of iron out. And even now, I think if he changed his job again, he would just say, I'm doing, my, this is going to be my new routine now. And you need to figure out how that's going to kind of work around me having the boys. So the onus was on you to sort of uh, develop the proper I guess, schedule that would be suitable for him and, and obviously also for the kids. And I agree the co-parenting uh, is difficult, uh, especially, and I find that in my own situation as well, mm -hmm. in the sense of uh, you have one view of how, let's say bedtime, let's take one mm -hmm. particular thing. It's mm -hmm. like, no, 
I studied I studied health. I'm a holistic health practitioner, so I studied the mm -hmm. impact of losing sleep on performance, mood, you know, okay. health of the body, so on and so forth. So for me, I would look at it as nope, they they have to go to bed at time X, take mm -hmm. away the devices, take away mm -hmm. the screens so that they mm -hmm. can have proper sleep. Their brain is still developing. They're still young. At this age, they need X amount of hours. Whereas my ex-husband was like, oh, they're just <laughs> kids. Let them have fun. So this was such a difference yeah. in the way we approached that alone. So yeah. imagine within the constraints of a marriage, yeah. that would be like a point of contention. You would yeah. have... You, you that could lead to arguments very easily who's going to overpower who mm -hmm. and who's going to take the ownership of making those kind of decisions now mm -hmm. in a in a divorce situation where you're no longer together you're not no longer operating as a unit yeah making those decisions become even more difficult especially when the children let's say when they're with you you're like go to bed at this time mm -hmm. you know, lights out at time x and then at mm -hmm. dad's house it's like Oh, I was up until yeah. 3 a.m. and I was playing video games and yeah because I, I I came across those situations with my children as well so yes the, I and that's just one example I mean there's so mm -hmm. many other things you know the diet that they have yeah what they're exposed to yeah how much time do they get the attention from the other parent you know yeah. um I guess like times visitation rights with them they're picked up dropped off mm -hmm. is there respect for those times so that you can also obviously be able to schedule things for yourself have a life mm -hmm. and work especially mm -hmm. exactly so I'm glad you brought that up because that's certainly something that plays a role in not just in your respective lives but those of the mm -hmm. children I very early on learned and I didn't know it was called parallel parenting I didn't know that terminology I just decided that I was gonna not be interested at all in what he did over at his side right. and leave it at that because there was nothing I could control. I couldn't make him adhere to bedtimes. I couldn't make him, you know, limit screen times. And so the boys would come back and say certain things. And I just thought, <laughs> I'm not going to react. I'm not going to have a reaction about That's it. That's actually yeah. very great. Yes. <laughs> I just can't because, and, and I was very mindful about not speaking negatively about their dad as well, just because it's just unnecessary. And because there was a little bit of toxicity that they saw, you know, a couple of arguments and things, I just felt like it's better if I just, because he's, he took it upon himself to be the more hurt and bruised party because of the fact that I decided to, you know, go ahead with the divorce and stuff. I kind of just let him have that, but I don't feel it's a mistake. But over time... I'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book, Against Medical Advice. This book is a memoir, and it tells the story of how I built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce. I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is simone at simonegisandi.com. Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show. 
it sort of I saw how the boys would kind of be like you're always ignoring our dad you never say anything to our dad you're being rude to him you're and it's like I'm trying to avoid an argument I'm trying to avoid getting into you know what he's doing at his home with you or what I'm doing you know kind of just just to keep the peace I think that's that that was the main thing for me is just peace I just wanted peace in my life peace in the situation and my home to be peaceful and so if that means kind of turning a blind eye to the fact that they're watching horror movies <laughs> at six years old oh then boy just <laughs> just have to leave it at that and just let him do parent how he parents because I knew I know him well enough to know that he's whatever he may be doing things that are misguided or that are not necessarily age appropriate but he loves his children and he's not doing anything to directly harm them although I'd argue some of the things that he did against me harm your children do you know what I mean when you when you when you act a certain way or treat someone a certain way or withhold finances for example then it's harming the parent which entail harms your children I think I really want to emphasize what you just said, because that's so important. A lot of people, and I've noticed this because when I was getting divorced, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had this opportunity. I talked to a lot of people when word got out that I was divorcing my my now ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was there to provide me with help and support and help me navigate that that those waters. And I saw that a lot of people were sort of out to teach me how to punish him Mm. and so it's commendable and I really want the audience to understand what you said is probably the most important thing when you're going through divorce Mm. Uh, recognizing the positive in Mm. in the other person whether Mm. you're a man recognize the positive in the other in in the woman you were married to and vice versa Um, and I love what you said that he's a great father and of course understanding that he was doing the best with what he had at that time mm. and that um and we we can all understand that we all have our own things that we're working through we it's not yeah. like once we reach adulthood we become perfect and problems magically vanish and we now have life figured out far from yeah. it we still make <laughs> mistakes we're still growing we're still learning about life we're still learning from our mistakes hopefully we're still uh, in the process of trying to apply the lessons we learned from mm-hmm. our respective mistakes to be able to grow as individuals. And we have to do that while we're still trying to guide children through life. And that's a lot. It's so a you lot. are <laughs> such an amazing woman to, to because you're, you're obviously highlighting the positive and mm-hmm. how you kind of abstain. Because a lot of times you see people, and I've seen it on both sides, from women who badmouth their their ex-husbands despite the fact that they had done horrible things because I don't want to minimize Mm -hmm. some men Mm -hmm. are very um abusive or they're absent but Mm -hmm. if you're able to still look at that person with with the um through a lens of positivity to say he this however he also this like Mm -hmm. he was a great father he loves his Mm -hmm. children and Mm -hmm. the same and I want to emphasize the same applies to to my to my ex-husband I don't think that we were meant to be husband and wife anymore at that juncture however he is the best father like nobody could ever have a better father than than him in Mm. my in my situation but I want to putting aside 
your ex-husband, which you obviously concentrated on talking about, and I, mm -hmm. and I commend you for that, as well as your children. How did you cope? How did you feel? How was it for you emotionally, mentally uh, to take all that on? That's a lot. It was draining. It was, it was a lot. And again, because it was such a big change to the structure of things, you know, he was no longer in the house. So things like Christmas, the first Christmas that he left, I think he had them Christmas Eve to the Christmas. Yeah, he, they slept at hit and I was devastated. Like, because Christmas for me is such a special time and it's all about family. And, you know, he's always known that that's a really important time for me. But, you know, in the in the spirit of being fair, I, I wanted, you know, to he wanted to have them. And I just spent the whole morning crying, the whole day actually just until they got back and it was just it was things like that that made me maybe question relationships for the future just because they can be so structurally you can be so enclosed in them that when they change is devastating it's, it's so devastating that you I don't know, sometimes it's hard to pick yourself back up or to to, yeah. to adjust to that new normal. And I feel like, yeah, in regards to that Christmas, I mean, it's never happened again because it was so upsetting to me. I was just like, I can't at Christmas, I can't not have the boys with me. And so luckily he doesn't, he's not so um, precious about it. So we were able to compromise with that. We were able to say, you know, that's something that I can keep as mine he has them up to Christmas Eve and then I they wake up with me on Christmas morning um but I think I was relieved to just not be in the marriage anymore to have some space to have some time on my own when they were with him because like I say quite quickly we got into a routine he wanted to be around them he wanted to have them um often so quite quickly I was able to sort of have breathing space I could join um, groups and do things for myself that made me feel like myself again yeah. um yeah I, navigating that part although it was hurtful and just being alone and kind of not being able to see because with the marriage you were we were in it and it felt like we were going somewhere we were on a journey together and it always felt like there was there was more road to come you don't you don't know how it's gonna pan out but there was always more road whereas all of a sudden it was like where am I going who's gonna be along the journey with me how am I gonna I don't know pay for everything or how am yes. I gonna go on holiday still or how I just everything it was just that element but then I think in the face of that sort of questioning and ad adversity that's where I found my feet again because I was like it's on me it's I have to I have to whatever happens I can't see the road I'm not certain of it but I'm certain of myself and I'm gonna do what I need to do for me and my children and um, so I think it gave me a lot of strength as well a lot of determination to kind of get back to the person that I remembered being before the marriage and the church kind of toned me down I'd say <laughs> yeah so I wanted to say I mean to the audience you guys I told you she's amazing I mean just listen to she's she's obviously exuding so much strength and to be able to navigate that water because I've noticed um 
during these kind of times, and this is one of the biggest sort of things that happen in life, as we all know, you know, death of a loved one, loss mm. of a job, when you're kind of looking at how am I going to pay for mm. the house and put a, you know, a roof over the kid's head and, mm. you know, food in their belly. Um, divorce, it's like one of the most major things. And it's when people turn to escapisms. Yeah, and people turn to addictions mm. so they turn to a bottle to escape that feeling of pain that they feel because they're losing their family mm. and um only once i was divorced i kind of came to see that for myself i i never turned to anything like that mind you uh, for those of you that have read my book i i had a stroke during the time when oh i was gosh. getting divorced so that was that was i had to concentrate on that but I think a lot of people fall off the wagon very quickly because they don't have the fortitude and the strength and the strength of character to really navigate mm. those waters. And what I've noticed is that women are typically stronger when it comes to that. A hundred percent. Although there Great. are some that turn to other partners, which of course yeah. it's, it's that, but they don't turn to things that become sort of addictive in that sense. Although addiction is another uh, topic in and of itself, you can become addicted to things that are deemed to be good working out or working or whatnot. So I mm -hmm. want to commend you for that because clearly you, you. you had a good head on your shoulders to be able to stay rooted in who you were. And mm. another thing that I what I gathered from what you said, and of course, I went through that myself, I actually got excited when it sort of sunk in, I got excited over the fact that I was going to be able to really spread my wings and mm. really be able to um, find out who I was like self exploration, because once I got married, so I had my first child outside of the marriage, then we got married, then we had the second child. And I think throughout that whole process, I always put all my attention and my, my uh, focus on the marriage and on being a parent and on us mm, being yes. parents together. So I never got a chance to self-explore yeah. and it was only through the divorce. And I was so excited to do that. Mm -hmm. it was just one of the most, uh, probably one of the biggest gifts because prior to that, I, I gave thought to it. I'm like, did I really know myself? I didn't. Mm. I was just on autopilot. I don't know about you, but I was on autopilot being a mom mm. and I was on autopilot being a, a wife and, you know, making many mistakes along the way, much like he was making mistakes as a, as a husband. And again, I wish that we had a, a manual because I think the people that really do marriage well are those that could still stay individuals in their business within the marriage. Like to oh, be able to still be you and to be able to pursue the things that like that you're passionate about and you yeah. fill you with joy, but still be able to balance that with being a wife to your significant other and being a mom and being mm -hmm. exemplary. It is a lot, but those people that have it, like have achieved that, those are like million dollar marriages. It is. But it's I, hard I, to... I still want to commend you. You did so great to be able Thank to say, you. oh my God, here's my opportunity to really get to know myself. Yeah. That's that's important. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to find um, that as well, where people have that mindset or that um, belief that you can be individuals in your relationships and that you can still... I think that's probably one of the things that that was a problem with us it is that element because I felt that so strongly I can still be me I can still do what I'm doing and love you and be a great mom and be a great wife yes. and do all the things and he was very much like and I guess that's about spreading my wings and he, he felt uncomfortable with that 
And so, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that we must, we must be, we must maintain who we are as individuals um, and bring the best of ourselves, the whole of ourselves to our partners, you know, and I'm not sure how you feel about divorce in the future or, you know, divorce generally now, but I feel like even within a marriage, I'd be happy to get married again, but I don't feel as bad about divorce now because I feel like if I can't live in my uniqueness in who I am, if I'm not honored and appreciated and I can't honor and appreciate someone else because we do, we all change, we all evolve, even in our relationships over time. If somebody becomes something that no longer fits with me or I don't fit with them anymore, surely you have to come to a point where you say, well, we can't compromise on this, on who we are. You know, I can't necessarily support the lifestyle choices or who you are or, you know, because people do. We become so different in different stages of our lives. I feel like if you don't have that mutual respect, I'm not against, completely against divorce, you know, if I ever got married again in the future. Um, You know, it's not something I'm looking for or an easy way out. It's not that. It wouldn't be without work and without really trying but I really respect people and respect that individuality so much that you have to be able to let people go if it doesn't align with you anymore or you don't align with them anymore. I think that, yes, and there's so much value in independence because being in a relationship mm. can be really fulfilling. And it, it mm. was for me too, to share life and experiences and such. Mm. But it can also be so limiting in other ways, depending on which side of the coin you're looking. So going through the divorce for me, and of course, it would probably be highly, especially in society as we know it, it'd be highly inappropriate to go and ask somebody to say, hey, can I put or can we put, can we press pause on our marriage so that I can Mm -hmm. really find myself? It's really difficult to achieve that. But it's really empowering to see how self-sufficient and independent you can be once you're put in that position. Because if you were to just yeah. try to do it in within the constraints of still being married, yeah. say to your husband, can we just take this little break and let me go find me and I'll be right back. You don't have that same sense of hunger for the independence and um, and seeking to see how self-sufficient you are as you are when you're in an actual real life like divorce experience where it's like oh my goodness now I have to pay all the bills by myself (laughs) from my own it's no longer shared and it's Mm. you know I have to shoulder all the responsibility of the household rather than share it as it was before so I I think it's so important and absolutely for me it was exactly as you described and I too look forward and I wanted to mention this and I haven't looked at any of the studies but I do want to every single man that I know that has either gone through divorce or is going through divorce always without fail says they never want to get married again. Yes. Mm. Whereas for myself and other women that I know, we look at it more of a, okay, lesson learned. I've had a chance to really be able to find myself. I've had a chance to really self-explore and be introspective and be able to work on myself and better myself. And now I am able to bring such an enriched partner to the table for someone. And I really want to share that to enrich their life too. And I think, so it makes me question why men are so afraid of that. I think probably 
if 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 you are one of the lucky ones that can really bang out a million dollar marriage the first time around, <laughs> I applaud you. But I think that a second marriage, when you have such important lessons Inst- that were you learned them on your own skin, they were expensive okay. lessons, and now you are able to come to the table and say. I know what to do, but I also know what not to do. So that would be so much more beneficial and valuable for a man. So it makes me wonder, why do you guys run from it? Like it's the play. (laughs) You guys would have great women. Of course, I'm not talking about every woman because there are probably many that are still broken and they just go looking for their next victim. But there are some such as yourself. And I, Mm. and I put myself in the same category that have really grown and are really eager to be able to give something to somebody that, uh, is enriching is it because that they maybe don't do the self-work though afterwards or in between perhaps perhaps like I said I think a lot of us put so much through our own lens and it's mm-hmm. maybe this divorce in their life is a confirmation of like ah oh, I've yeah. seen that before I saw yes. that with my parents or I saw that with my best friend or whoever else and I knew it no no I'm never I'm definitely never doing that again and it's also if you really think about it it's extremely difficult financially for men too especially because I don't know where you are but here in Mm -hmm. Canada where we are in North America in particular uh there's a bias against men and women have a lot of power Mm-hmm. And a lot, what as I think it was said in that movie that my kids watched over and over, with great power comes great responsibility. And mm-hmm. a lot of women leverage that power for nefarious reasons, not so much for positive reasons. Mm-hmm. So they go after the men they were married to, to bury him financially, yeah. to ruin him, to take as much from him as retribution for what he did. Um, yeah. So when you think of, when you think of the, insane financial hit they take i could see why they would not yeah. want to get married again because they're like oh i don't want to go and give half of what i am trying to rebuild yeah. back up to another woman who's gonna so they go they now have trust issues that they don't work yeah through. so i think you're right it's because they don't work through those those uh i, I guess issues and problems that they've mm-hmm. sort of lived through so mm-hmm. they they have their walls up and they're afraid to step into that realm again with another woman. Yeah, I mean here it's not uh men do have to make contributions but I guess we didn't have any sort of assets, we didn't have a home like that we own together or anything like that. So we just came to an agreement ourselves um about any sort of financial support or how he would sort of do that but Mike's husband says the same. He wouldn't get married again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time. And and I have a I have a personal male friend who's who's going through some hardship in his marriage right now. And I asked him. I said, "Well, I mean, if this ends, are you gonna get?" He's like, "Oh God, no!" Yeah. Like it was so quick the way he responded. Like, "Oh God, no!" It was just such a it was a knee jerk reaction yeah. in the sense of I think he spoke through the pain of what he was feeling right now. But of course, it's difficult for anybody to gauge how they're going to feel in the future. Mm. So I would say that men should not make that until you are fully healed, until you've worked through your stuff and you see the changes that other people make that you could then say, you know, I do want to share my life with somebody else. I really, 
and for me, it's also uh, because I'm also very driven and want to have success in life and not necessarily just in the realm of business or career yeah. or whatnot. I also want to have a successful marriage. I mean, I don't look at what I had with my ex-husband as a failure because there were many positives and two amazing boys. I have boys mm-hmm. just like you. Oh. But I think that now being um, having learned so much myself, I really want to be able to experience the marriage that I've always envisioned. Yeah, so, and you deserve that. You why yes. and why not? You know why? Absolutely. Why on Absolutely. earth not? Especially with the fact that you've done the work internally, you know, and you feel that you're bringing a really whole and healed yes. partner to the table. So, make you know, you deserve yes. it. So, I hope and you can. Find what that. what kind of self care did you um like? Did you engage in any self care? Anything? Because I know that going through divorce can be not only emotionally and physically draining, but mentally draining as well. Mm. And I think it kind of brings you back to coming face to face with yourself and realizing the importance of taking care of yourself and prioritizing your own self being not necessarily because you are selfish, but because you also want to be okay, um, like whole and and healed for your children. Mm. Yes, above all else. Yeah, I mean, I just utilised the time when the boys were with their dad to do things like I joined um, an acting class. So I used to go and um, not for anything serious, but just to do improv and just to spend that time with other grown ups and meet new people. Um, I travelled quite a lot. So I'd go to different cities and I'd um, go on little holidays and spend time with my friends and just made sure I had that element going for me and, and really focused on work and you know study as well I went back to university and I got a, another um yeah qualification so I became like an, a qualified early years teacher so those sort of things just helped me to feel like life goes on doesn't it and and I'm in control of what I'm in control of and so that's what I made sure I just focused on um what I found important and valuable to make me feel like just because one door had closed that my life wasn't over it wasn't over it wasn't done it wasn't hopeless I think is 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 really where I was at it was a Um, new beginning for you yeah definitely so and at times people would be like but you just you know you're on your own now you boys and you've gone back to university like how are you going to manage how are you going to cope how are you going to do it all and it was like maybe when I get past it and I look back I'll think how did I cope with it all but at the moment, it just feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel like I've got enough energy for it all. I feel like it's given me a purpose, given me a reason. It's given me joy. It was just, yeah, it was hard and it was it was stressful. But actually, I'm just glad I got on with all of that stuff. The the education side, you know, going back to university. And yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great time to, to I guess, focus, focus my attention on something that wasn't outside of myself it was very much about me it was very much about what I could do and proving that I could take myself to another a higher level even though I'd apparently in inverted commas failed at the marriage side of things you know even though it was my choice um it felt like yeah it kind of balanced the books a little bit I think yeah that's so important because 
I did the exact same thing. It's, it's actually mm. unbelievable how, how <laughs> similar our stories are. So I, I was working a full-time job when I got divorced. Um, and I always wanted to be able to have a job so that I could stand on my own two feet. I was never a big believer of uh, being a stay-at-home mom. Not mm. that I'm ever going to knock anybody. I think it's mm -hmm. a, such a very unique and um, personal decision to make. If mm -hmm. you are called to do that, I just... I. Even when I was on maternity leave, I went and I got a part-time job while my <laughs> ex-husband was watching them because I needed a human interaction with adults. But I also, so I worked a full-time job while I was, like after I got divorced, worked a full-time job. I had my personal training certificate because I'm a big mm -hmm. believer in health. So I was, I was training clients and mm -hmm. I was going to school. I was doing okay. all those three things while parenting my kids. Yeah. And I had, I had to really structure my time. i I was saying, okay, well, I'm going to do my studies on this day when he gets them so that I can, but I would still have to do their laundry and all of that yeah. stuff. And we started doing homework together. And I think it was so important because um, the example that you gave to your children and the example I gave to my children is that when hardship comes your way, because they were obviously mm -hmm. in the middle of the hardship, they are part of the same family unit. You don't mm -hmm. stop. You don't sit there and wallow in your, in your, sorrow or you you start to self-pity you move on yeah. you put your attention on something that's constructive such as yeah. school to educate yourself to better yourself to enrich yourself and to grow and then you apply that and yes. I've seen that in my children now and the way that their life is unfolding I saw like my uh, I'm going to have a proud mom moment my oldest mm -hmm. son graduated from university with honors Oh, wow. um, he's always driven to work to make sure that he has money. And I'm, I'm happy for him, especially because obviously he's a young man. And uh, as the head of a family, he's going to have the, yeah. obviously the responsibility of being the provider. And so those values are so important. And I know that you are also an example for your boys and they are going to be able to take that into mm -hmm. their life and they're going to be really good partners for somebody else. So kudos really? to you honestly Thank you. it's so important to touch on that because I really want the listeners to know what it takes and yeah. that what's seemingly small is so huge yeah so yeah. huge Thank you. um yeah and so from your perspective Kaife what would you say would be your advice that you'd give to somebody who's just starting on their journey down that path I have a personal friend who's going down that path right now so mm -hmm. I've kind of you know given my advice but I would love to hear yours oh I think I'd just say definitely focus on yourself and working through your feelings and not internalizing things because like yourself I mean you had a stroke from the stress and everything that was happening my blood pressure and since then my blood pressure is really high um I have medication now but it got sort of um discovered at that time having palpitations and things um and just knowing that you know life is fragile um but within that we have to be focused on what's important to us, what makes us happy, what makes us feel strong and makes us feel worthy, you know, worthy of good things, even though, you know, you may have been through the divorce side or like I say, I keep saying failure, but it's not really a failure. It's a lesson, isn't it, that we go through in, in, 
with our experiences. Um, but I think just focusing on, on not becoming bitter inside yourself and harboring any sort of negativity. Cause I don't think you can start afresh when you have that hanging over you. I don't think you can feel empowered or strong if you are carrying negativity. So I think work through, you know, your feelings, work through your grief over the loss of your relationship. Um, and just trust that you're making the right decision for yourself, you know, and that, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a real journey, that whole acceptance and, you know, I haven't personally missed my ex-husband one day that he's been gone. I haven't had a day or a moment once where I was like, oh, I wish that not once. I think because it was quite toxic and I think because it was quite negative, it was more of a relief. And I think you've just got to, um, I suppose maybe if it had been a bit more amicable, I might have felt a bit of regret maybe somewhere, but I think because I knew it was just over, I didn't want to hold anything against him. I didn't regret my decision. I could just step into my new life and just try and establish a new routine. But yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say don't carry any negativity. That's probably the, the the thing that will wound you the most because you can't you, you can't possibly look to the future and really get to grips with who you are and all the good things that are about to happen if you are harboring that negativity. So that's what I'd say. Yes. And that's so deeply tied to forgiveness, mm. not just for the other person, for your partner, but also for yourself and mm. not look at it as a failure, but rather a, um, a lesson. And I, and mm. I deeply believe that uh, sometimes we meet people and for those of us that have had friends that we were friends with for a specific period of time, and then naturally we just kind of grew apart and, but there was no big blow up where you sort of break up with the friend. Yeah. It just kind of naturally ends because it's life cycle had ended. And I look at divorce. I mean, marriages, not divorces, but divorces are the, the end part of that uh, life cycle of a marriage. Yeah. And oftentimes it's not because people are necessarily, it shouldn't be forced, you shouldn't be forced to stay together with somebody that you're no longer compatible with, but rather that you were so perfect for each other at that time. Uh, I remember how perfect my husband, my ex-husband and I were together when we first met. I mean, we used to have the same habits and the same mm -hmm. lifestyle and we would do the same things and we would eat the same crap. And then all of a sudden, it became, you know, Simone wants to be at the gym and I became very regimented whereas he remained in that same zone. So all of a sudden I was like, whoa. So that glue that was holding us together was no longer there. And then, you know, a couple more things kind of added to it. And I became very structured in the way that I was eating and I was doing, you know, fitness competitions. And, and all of a sudden we're like two different people. Yeah. And it kind of comes to you very slowly and... So I don't look at anything as a uh, a thing that you have to force when mm -hmm. when the universe or life or God or whatever you believe in is trying to take you apart because you're meant to be there and it's easier to go with the flow than to resist it. Yeah. 
Um, so that's important. And I appreciate what you said that that idea of forgiveness and holding no ill feelings towards the mm -hmm. other person and to know that they are also on a journey, much like you and the journey together has come to an end. And as long as they are obviously honoring their their role as a parent to the children that they've created, that's important. Um, so one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, okay. Kaif, and then I promise I will let you know, <laughs> you've had so much important wisdom to, to, to give to the listeners. Dating. Have you dated? Have you started dating? Thought of dating? How has it been? Has it been an easy transition to that? Or where have you been with that? Yeah, I've dated. Um, I prefer to date in like organic or meet people sorry in organic ways rather than like online and I have tried online um one time and it was okay but I just feel like I'm better in a organic situation like even a bar or in a shopping center or wherever I prefer to just meet people in that way and I'm no I've got no issue approaching men I will say if I see somebody that I think is attractive I will ask if he has a partner or just get a conversation going because I feel like that is yeah a right that I have as well I have a right to you know approach somebody if I find them attractive and um you know it's up to them to say if they're interested or not um but yeah I've dated I've dated a little bit yeah did a few trips and dating is definitely about me as an individual I've never looked for anybody to be a dad to my children you know it's just that's my time it's me to spend time with somebody in a new environment away from my children and you know I don't know if it's understanding or men trying to integrate themselves very quickly but you know they're like oh you know we could go you could bring the children to a park or we could go together it's just like no because it isn't about me trying to balance having a man around and my children at the same time those worlds don't need to meet for a long time as far as I'm concerned because that's not what I need it, it, it's companionship it's I don't want to be in mommy mode I don't want to be talking to you one second and then having to tell my child off or you know get their dinner sorted I want it to just be this is my time with another adult so um so yeah I've kept them very separate very very separate but I have dated yeah oh that's amazing uh because I found for me when I uh went into that world oh it was mm. like entering the jungle <laughs> with no roadmap yeah. and so when I when I was when I met my ex-husband I was in my very early 20s okay and then going back to dating when you're now in your late 30s early 40s you're a completely different person so yeah. and and dating the way that it was back then oh it's changed it's changed drastically. And now you, you, we also added technology and we also added, you know, all the walls that people put up yeah. and all of that. And it was, it was so difficult for me. I mean, mm -hmm. incredibly difficult. And I like you, I'm exactly the same. I have my own certain rules. I will never blend. Like I'm not looking for a father for my children. I think that my ex-husband is, the only father and the best father that my children can ever have. And I am not looking to replace him. I'm not looking to add a second father to my children. I'm not looking to have a person that's going to fit any role that relates to my children. Thank you very much. They are taken mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not looking to also 
enter any mommy mode, I believe that I would give the same kind of respect to the woman who you have created your children with. If you are a man who's got children, mm -hmm. I think it's important that the children know only one mother and that 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 person is going to be the mainstay in their life. Don't confuse children. That's probably the worst thing that anybody could do. So I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, but I I have found found it very difficult to date in, in the new world that we have today with people that have certain expectations and mm. um, you know they come to the table with a lot of resentment against their ex-wives and it's difficult to deal with that because it's like if you haven't worked out your issues then now's not a good time no. so it, yeah so that that particular part has been difficult for me but I I honestly thought I'm like oh my god Taif is so great she, somebody probably <laughs> scooped her up she's grown and she's evolved <laughs> and she's you know put herself first she's got so much to offer she's got her shit together for <laughs> lack of a better term you know she somebody would scoop her up but I know it's difficult in the dating yes. world so but I wanted to thank you so much, Kaife. No you problem. have imparted the, the audience with so much wisdom and with so much knowledge and the importance of growing as an individual, forgiveness, not holding any grudges against your partner. And your story is so unique and powerful mm -hmm. because you come from such a church background that was yes. so deeply rooted in values. And I think that perhaps that played a role in how you have... Uh, navigated these waters with such ease and and you know being so self-centric so that you can grow and enrich yourself I love that and I think that women would take so much from you and I I absolutely love having you on thank you so much deeply thank you thank, so you. thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it thank you thank you Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at The Confidential Podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.